and welcome to the Cambridge Assessment Podcast. I'm Ashley Capaldi and with me today is Research Officer Sinead Fitzsimons. Hello. And so you're going to be telling us about two events you've been to recently which both explored access to education for migrants and helpfully chimed in with something that our CEO Saul Nassi said in a recent speech as well. Yeah, so Saul had his recent speech at the Education World Forum and in that he spoke about um, the importance of unlocking the door of education to everyone and he spoke about there was sort of three key themes in that and that was teachers, curriculum and technology and it kind of spiralled from there, This this... I guess it was over a span of about 36 hours um, where I really had a chance to kind of go into those three keys that he referred to and um, link that back to what we do in Cambridge Assessment. Cool. So you work within the curriculum strand of the assessment research and development team at Cambridge Assessment, don't you? Yes. And um, some of the projects that we're doing at the minute are really looking at how you can widen access to quality education. Um, Specifically, one of the projects that we're doing is looking at education provisions for the growing number of displaced children around the world. So um, the kind of overarching term we use is education in emergencies. Um, But really, it's it's referring referring to how do we support education for any child that's displaced. And uh, it's a very broad definition of displacement and for the period of time that they they are displaced. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, Cambridge Assessment, we're in a really fortunate position in that we have a lot of internal expertise um, on curriculum, um, on assessment, on how to support children's learning. Um, but we're also situated in a, a position that we can look outside for support in our work and uh, people are, are very happy to be working with us and um, I, I had the privilege of um, going and working with a group at the faculty and then uh, going to a conference in London um, the following day. So that's kind of what chimed with Saul's speech for you wasn't it? The revolving doors of our building and we're always in and out between the faculty and the university and external groups and using our own expertise as well. Yeah, and I think that that has been a big push uh, within the assessment um, research um, and development division is, yes, we have all these expertise, but how can we bridge um, and benefit from um, the faculty, for example, but also how can we bring our expertise to the faculty because Mm -hmm. we have a lot to offer um, as well. So using that kind of approach, um, I I guess you want to say metaphorically, opened the door to mm-hmm. the possibilities outside of um, the triangle, which is the building that we work in in Cambridge. And um, the first thing I, I looked at was um, it just happened in timing that um, the Faculty of History's Middle East History Group, um, who do an excellent seminar series throughout the year, um, they were actually conducting a seminar that was looking at uh, the UN Relief and Work Agency's education system um, that's in place for the Palestinian refugees. And they were looking at, okay, what's the history of this? What are the challenges of this? And how has it evolved um, over time? And it was led by Dr. Anne Erfran, and she's from the University of Sussex and um, the London School of Economics. So in this way, I was going to the faculty, but the faculty itself was opening doors to other academic connections that that they themselves were liaising with. Um, And Dr. Erfran really... 
she really concisely looked at the progression of, of okay, why did these initial education provisions start? What was the context of, of those provisions? Um, how has it developed over time? What are some challenges that um, they faced? And some people might think, okay, well, how is that going to link to the work you're doing now about, you know, supporting displaced students today? But I, I really strongly believe that um, history is is important to know um, because it can inform us in terms of, okay, well, are some of these challenges similar? Have they addressed them in the past? Um, what's been some successes and failures? Um, and it really strongly emerged when I was at the seminar that a lot of the challenges um, that were being faced by UNRWA were, and, and again, that was the... Um, UN Relief and Work Agency within the Palestinian context are still things that we're struggling with um, today when we're looking at, okay, how do we how do we make an education provision for, for displaced uh, students in general? So you bring a lot of historical thinking to your work, don't you, as an ex-history teacher yourself? So yeah. That must have been quite clear for you. Yeah, so um, I... I am an ex-history teacher. Um, it's weird saying ex just because that is, in a way, how I identify myself. I think mm -hmm. it makes up part of who I am and how mm -hmm. I look at the world. And um, being a history major as well at, at um, university, I think um, history is something that's, you know, intrinsic to really understanding any subject in school and, and really how we should look at the world to kind of have a bigger picture um, and to realize, you know, it goes beyond our individual context. Um, and in our individual time. Excellent. So you continued with the theme of equal access to education on throughout the rest of your day. Um, where, where did you move on to after that? You were at the National Union of Students? Yes. So um, on the, let's say, the Wednesday night, I was <laughs> at the Faculty of History um, and made some great connections there after, after learning um, about all of the expertise they had in the history of um education for refugees. And then the Thursday morning, um, I set off to the uh, National Union of Students and Student Action for Refugees joint conference on improving access to higher education for refugees and asylum seekers. And um, again, it was this idea of how can we look beyond um, kind of go beyond our doors to to benefit from the expertise of others. And um, you just had quite a powerful opening address, you were saying. So is it Shakira Martin, who's the president of the National Union of Students? Yeah, she's um, she's the president and uh, she's an excellent speaker to begin with. And she was speaking about how her grandmother actually came to the UK as part of the Windrush generation and, and recognising that the Windrush generation were not refugees themselves. Um, but that idea of um, how to overcome um, discrimination and um, potentially some challenges in terms of um, social transition. Um, and she was able to relate that into how important education played a role in that and <clears throat> how that links to um, how important education is in, in terms of making a better situation for refugees and asylum seekers when they come to the UK. And that was what linked in with some work currently being done at Cambridge Assessment, wasn't it? So you're looking at possibilities of tracking the learning of displaced children and sort of how they can go about getting credit for that education and taking that along with them. Yeah, so um, we're, we're looking at a project um, and it's 
very much in the evolutionary phase. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're looking at how can we support learners um, in displaced contexts to A, have access to quality education. So going back to to Saul's really key message of his speech. And also, how do we ensure um, as these displaced learners who um, potentially have a very transient educational career, how do we ensure that the education that they're receiving can be recognized in these new contexts or, or jurisdictions that they're entering into so that they can be you know, they can continue on on their journey of education um, and get the recognition for what they've already learned rather than being um, potentially limited or stopped because they're, it's deemed that their education is not um, recognized or worthy to um, move them on in their new educational context. And you also mentioned that there, there are quite a few other projects that you learned about. So yeah. the Cambridge Trust is doing something? Yeah, so um, I spoke with Michael Stone, who was at the conference as well, and um, it, was, it was really rewarding to hear about, you know, actually Cambridge is, is succeeding in a lot of things in terms of how to support um, refugee and asylum seeker students. There's there's always going to be room for improvement, um, but it was really um, inspiring to hear that you know there is already the Cambridge Refugee Scholarship Program, um, as well as the Rowan Williams Cambridge Studentships is specifically targeted towards students from areas of instability or conflict zones. Um, however, he did mention there is uh, some discontinuity between the scholarships are available, but ensuring that the students are accepted into um, the colleges mm-hmm. is a challenge. Um, and sometimes there there has been cases where they've had scholarship money that hasn't been able to be attributed to a particular um, student because maybe in if it was money that's specifically targeted toward engineering, for example, um, perhaps there weren't enough um, accepted um, students within that field Okay. for them to take advantage of the scholarships available. Okay. So we all need to be connecting together a little better, don't we? Yeah, and it goes back to the importance of making sure that prior education is A, of quality, and B, um, recognised. Um, there, there, that came out strongly in the conference, is that you know, sometimes students have um, prior education, but they may need um, perhaps a, a bridging course to mm-hmm. kind of connect it to the UK curriculum, or they may not have documentation um, of their prior education, which um, UCAS is, is making strides to try to support, but it's it's still a challenge. And that's something, as Cambridge Assessment as an exam board, um, could play a role in, in looking at possibilities um, and potentially modelling something in the future. Yeah. And you also learnt about the OLIVE programme. So that was Dr Lenazma from University of East London. Yeah, um, and they're doing a really innovative programme. And it, and they're not the only ones. They have actually modelled this for two other universities who are, who are now delivering it based on the model that they've created. Um, but it's a programme that supports some of those challenges that you mentioned that refugees and asylum seekers face. Um, so in terms of how do they navigate the system, how do they, um, you know, how, how does the post-secondary system work in, in the United Kingdom? And that can be from, okay, well, what does a normal week look like? What are the learner expectations? What are the... Um, 
even just oracy expectations. So helping them with that um, and, and get it, kind of gaining that confidence and also so they know what options are out there. Um, another thing that um, Michael Stone from Cambridge Trust mentioned was a challenge is that some students will not apply for certain universities because they think that it's not ever going to be an option for them, maybe because of the fiscal demands to attend mm -hmm. the institution. So they're, the door, going back to the doors again, mm -hmm. the, the door is felt to be closed, mm -hmm. um, even though actually there is alternatives and there is support. And, um, you know, it, it's easy when you're within a context to think, oh, this is this is straightforward. Um, but actually, when you go somewhere else and you realize how complicated it actually is, and some of the, sometimes the challenge is how do we step ourselves outside of our context so that we can really understand what are the obstacles here um, that people coming from non-UK contexts will face. So how do you think our work at Cambridge Assessment can help in this area? It seems there's quite a lot going on and quite a few things need to be connected up still. Where do you see us fitting in? So I think the first thing that really became clear is that we can't solve all of the challenges at once. And our current work uh, that we're doing and looking at learning progressions for displaced children is um, it's an important part of the puzzle, but it's just one piece. And it's important that we understand that although each piece needs to be done with as best quality as possible, um, it, the entire puzzle isn't going to take shape at once. Right. Um, and, you know, we have a growing network in Cambridge Assessment that puts us in an excellent position to tackle some of these challenges. And returning again to that idea of the metaphor of a revolving door, um, we have the expertise within our organization as well as the wisdom to know when to look beyond our walls and whether that's down the road to the brilliant minds of the faculty or whether that's further afield. And I strongly believe that as long as we keep opening those doors to new ideas, new perspectives, new voices, as well as keeping an eye on, on the past and where the situation has come from, as well as where our thinking has come from, we'll be moving in the right direction to open the doors for hopefully education for everyone. Excellent. Thank you very much, Sinead. Thanks for having me. And thank you all for listening to the Cambridge Assessment podcast. You can find more on our website. That's www.cambridgeassessment.org.uk. Just search for Podcast Gallery. And we're also on iTunes.